0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. He said, everything in life has a purpose, but not all purpose is known. And whenever purpose is not known um is not known abuse or I'm going to even extend it broaden it a little bit to misuse is inevitable okay so he's saying that when a purpose is not known abuse or misuse is inevitable right now we're going to go back to like you know elementary school purpose is is this, is this the reason for which something is done or created or for which uh, something exists. Now, in the verb tense, it means is to have as one's intention or objective. Now, if any of you have kids or have raised kids um, or been around small kids, you probably have uh, fallen into or have experienced the why question, right? Kids are always, why? Why is the sky blue? why is, you know, this, why does that turn? Why does that go? Whatever, right? They, they're, they're trying to explore. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to process. They're trying to learn. They're trying to evaluate things. But see, what happens is, as adults, right, we tend to shut that portion of our brain off because we feel like we can't know the enormity of God's purposes, See, as a kid, we're kind of like, why? Why, is it, why, why? why does God do that? Why does this happen? Why do that? As adults, oftentimes, we kind of just shut down and say, oh, well, you know, we just can't know the enormity of God and how, how big he is and why, why he does what he does. And so we kind of um, fail then to, to dig deeper into what God, God's purposes are. Why, why does God want us to be holistically well? Why does he want wellness to come into our life so that as we are on this journey, we're experiencing the fullness of of who he is, so oftentimes what we'll do is we'll either abuse or, or or um you know mis mis uh misuse it for the purpose of wellness because we'll just say, well, you know what, you just can't know God's ways, you just can't know it it's just a great mystery yet." God has written everything in his book. That is his heart that he wants us to know. And that's where we need to turn to. Would you agree on that? Yeah, that that's exactly where we need to turn. Now, if we take the the world's view or the culture at hand, you know, and focus solely on the things like physical wellness, then we'll be more concerned about, you know, eating right and and physically exercising and putting all that focus on there, right? Going to the doctor once a year and and getting these checkups so that we can live a long and, and healthy life. And that's really great. And it's good and it should be done, but it's really incomplete. That, 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 that's part of the process, but it's incomplete. Or we can focus on wellness as on our, our careers. Oh, I got to have this career. Cause you know, if I, if I have this career, then I'm financially stable. I'm financially this so that I can provide for my family. I can go ahead and I can, um, you know, set up a, a retirement fund. I can do all of these things and, and support my kids for their future and all that. Um, you know, so that, that, that becomes our focus. That's the culture, right? Culture says, man, you know what? You need to do this and you need to do that. And, and if you're not this, right, in your career, then obviously you're, you're, you're not going to get this or do that. Well, see, that, that doesn't necessarily meet God's accounting system. God's accounting system is different. It's not based on what our career is. It's based on what we do with what he's given us to do. And so no matter where we are career-wise, if we are centrally focused on him and allow him to do a work in us, and then we're following and navigating exactly what he's saying, then you know what? His accounting system super exceeds. His payout super exceeds that of, say, a big-time career because he's God. He owns everything, right? Right? But see, we, we have to understand, okay, it, that, that doesn't necessarily need to be our focus. And then sometimes, too, you get people who say, well, you know what I'm going to do is, man, I'm going I'm to use my gifts and my talents, and I'm going to make a mark in the world, and it's going to be great, you know, something that, that will just bless the world, okay? And, and that's, that's noble, that's great, but that still falls short of God's plan for biblical wellness for you and I. So we're going to look at three purposes as to why God wants you and I to be well. And we're going to find them all in Psalms 67. So you should be there already, I would think. But let me give you just a small background. Now, this Psalm right here is one of 50 that has no author. So we don't know who wrote this. This could have been a guy. This could have been a girl. I don't really know. But one of the things about this Psalm is that this Psalm has a missionary feel to it. A lot of theologians, when they... when they um, you know, write stuff down. They always say that this kind of has a, a missionary feel and, and you could compare it or, 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 uh, or not compare it, but put it next to the Great Commission, you know, to go into all the world, baptize and, you know, all of that stuff. Okay. So they say this kind of has a missionary feel. And the reason why is because really it, it's about God's heart and his strategy to reach the world in, the, in, this, in this passage. And so Psalms chapter 67, we're going to start at verse one. It's got seven verses and we're going to kind of uh, read it. And then we're going to kind of pick it, pick it apart. Okay. So it says this, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Sounds familiar? Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the needs of the earth shall fall. I'm I'm sorry. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Okay. So let's look at verse one. It says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. And then it has that word Selah. Okay. On it. Now, Selah is mentioned 71 times in, in Psalms, right? And it's actually the root word that means this. It means to lift up. To highlight by increasing volume. So th- as, a, as a guitar player, worship leader, whatever, you would see that sea line, you know that there's supposed to be emphasis on this, okay? So, and then it also talks about um, pausing for reflection um, and acceptance or to digest what has been said, to digest the truth. So if you were to look at what the author is saying here, he says, be merciful to us, bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us. Law. That means, you know what, we're supposed to stop and pause for a minute and reflect on what he's saying. On what he's saying. Now, it's almost like, like in my head, it's almost like, you know, as we pause and reflect, I don't know if you guys do this or not, but when I read my Bible, there are times when I have a yellow marker with me. And man, I highlight that verse because there's something about that verse that I need to stop and I need to think about when I'm reading my Bible either that time or possibly I'm I'm encountering the scripture again and I go, man, why did I highlight that? And then I can sit there and look at it and kind of allow the Holy Spirit to kind of help me to understand it a little bit better. So it's almost like he's saying, hey guys, I want you to highlight this verse. I want you to think about this verse. Okay, because in this verse, if we stop and think about it, we can can begin to understand God's heart and how God's heart is to bless his very own. And and, and really too, I mean, when you look at it, it's really a non-negotiable because people can say, well, no, God doesn't really want to bless. Well, scripturally, it says that God wants to bless. Bless your people. He wants to do that. So here he is, he's making us kind of reflect. And so I want to pick, pick apart uh, two words in this. Uh, we're, gonna re- we're reflecting right now. Get in that reflecting mode, really, right? Okay, all of a sudden, just I'm going to give you a, a, two seconds. Get in that reflecting mode, whether that's closing your eyes, falling asleep on me, whatever that is. Okay, all right, good? All right. So let's, let's reflect on the word mercy, right? God is merciful towards you and I. Now the word merciful in the Hebrew means to bend or to stoop in kindness to an inferior, to show favor when it's not deserved. So the Psalmist, right, he, he knew he needed God. He knew that all of us need God. We need to receive God's favor on our life and that we are, we need to rec- recognize that we're inferior To God. See, sometimes people don't think they're inferior to God. But we are. We're not God. I'm not God. I know that for a fact. And so when I look at God and I look at myself, I know He's above me. I'm not co equal with God, I'm not above God. No, on the ladder, I'm way down at the bottom. But see, this this word merciful then gives me that idea that, you know what? God was willing to take a knee. He was willing to send his son to become a human, to die on the cross for my sin because he's merciful. Because he's merciful to each one of us. Realizing that, you know what? We could never have a relationship with God without Jesus. And so here he is, he, he's bending down. He's, he's giving us favor. He's saying, you know what? No, man, I am, I am here. You believe on my son. I, and then if you do, I have all of this goodness, all of this kindness, all of this mercy that I want you to have, right? And when, when this mercy begins to flow, then wellness... Right, blessing then is available to us. The word "bless" in this passage means to to kneel again, by implication, to bless God as an act of adoration. So, there there again, we have somebody who, hey, I'm going to bless God or I'm going to worship God. There's that that point of 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 kneeling before Him and saying, you know what, You're, you're greater than me. You're above me. I can't, I can't be anything. Um, can't be anything, you know, in my own flesh. But when, I, I, when I'm submitted to him, then that allows me to bless him, to worship him, to give glory to him. But then, you know what? It's flipped, vice versa, because God wants to bless his people. So this is God to man. And in the Old Testament times, you know what, when when people were being prepared, or you were uh, were preparing to speak a blessing, or that you were going to receive a word of blessing, then you know what, what would happen is that they would get down on one knee. This is Old Testament. And they would declare, they would speak to whether they were blessing God, or whether they were blessing, you know, someone who is an authority over them, or, or a king, or anything like that. But see, God blesses us. So again, we find God being still above us, but willing to come down and meet you face to face. Willing to come down and say, okay, I'm going I'm to meet you right where you're at. You might be in a really bad spot. You might be really in, in, in an area of your life where you're just like, man, this is all falling apart. But you know what? God says, you know what? I'm going to meet you right where you're at. I'm going to look you straight in the eye. And my goal is to, to bless you, is for you to experience all that I have for you, all that I want to be able to give to you. But see, that's, that's the, the God we serve, right? So he's the one that gives us wellness. He's the one that gives us the capacity to live a full, uh, uh, live life to the full. And then it says, by turning his face to shine on us, which basically means he's he's setting his face towards you. You ever thought about that? There There are times when God sets his face on you. What does that mean? You're his focus. His love and his adoration, his his devotion to you. He sets his face upon you because he's so, so in love with you. It's because he loves you and he's always with you. Now, I don't know if you picked up yet, but this could sound kind of familiar because the psalmist kind of takes this this priestly blessing, this um, Arianic blessing that um, is... uh, that actually was scripted by the Lord in uh, number six. And we're going to read that in just a minute, but the purpose of this blessing that God told Moses, who was at the end of his life to tell Aaron so that Aaron and his sons in the priestly ministry could be praying or, or, or declaring this blessing over the Israelites. Now here's the great thing because of what Christ has done. That blessing rests with us too. So here's here's something that God scripted. He wrote that he told Moses to write and write down and give it to Aaron so that the priest could do it, right? And so here here it is. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. Now, some of you have heard this before, but this is what it says. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. So he's saying, what I want you to do is I want you to bless the children of Israel. That means it's on my heart to bless my people. Right? So he says, say to them. Now this is the scripted part. He wrote it out. He had it all figured out. He said, say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. Right? Meaning to to protect, watch over, to sustain you. He says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Isn't that sound like that? The verse that we just talked about. And be gracious to you, right? Favor, favoritism. Says the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, right? And and think about that. Lift up his countenance upon you. I mean, his eyes, I believe, just radiate, just, just radiate with admiration for you. He loves you that much that his eyes are just they like get big when he thinks of you. Right? Bible tells us, man, he thinks about his thoughts towards you are 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 greater than the number of, of granules of sand on the earth. Think about that. You ever been to the beach? That's a lot of sand, right? And then you get sand in places you shouldn't get it. But don't think of it that way when God thinks of you. But you know what I mean. That's kind of weird, but anyways, but that's a lot. So he has his admiration for you. So it says, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That word peace is shalom, which means wholeness across every area of your life. Remember, he's, this is what they are to pray over the Israelites. That they would have peace, wholeness over area, every area of their life. Verse 27 says, so they, Aaron and his sons, right, shall be, I mean, I shall put my name on the child, uh, put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. That's God talking. That's not, you can't argue with Pastor Scott, right? Because that's God talking, not me. But see, he scripted it. He wrote it. He wrote it all out. So the first purpose why God wants you to be well is to show His love for His children. He wants to show His love for His children. Now, His love really is all over the Bible, right? From cover to cover, you can kind of pull all kinds of scriptures. But I'm just going to pull a few from the New Testament for for time's sake. But Ephesians chapter two, verse four and five says this. It says, "But God, who is rich in mercy. Okay. You remember he, he's rich in mercy. He's merciful. He's kind to those, right? He, his kindness is shown to us because of his great love, which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Even when we were dead in trespasses, right? That means sin. Even in those times when, you know what? We, we have made that our confession. We believe that Christ is Lord and we are saved. There are times we still sin, right? Otherwise, man, we're robotic. We just fall into, into situations. And then next thing you know, we sin. But he said, you know what? Even in those times, we are still have the ability to walk alive in Christ because of what Christ has done for us. And so he's made us alive together with Christ, right? And then it says, by grace, okay? That means, you know what? You and I get everything in Christ, even though we don't deserve it. Everything that God has, we get, even though we don't deserve it. It says, by grace, you have been saved. Why have you been saved? Because of his love. Because of his great love for us. But, but listen, despite our imperfections, he still loves us. We're not. Not everyone's perfect. Like I said, we're not robotic. Even, I, probably, I don't know if robots are perfect because I've never met one. But still, even in our imperfections, he still loves us. And then we have Jesus saying this kind of because of that love in Luke chapter 12, verse 32. It says, so don't ever be afraid, dearest friends. Your loving father joyfully, joyously gives you his kingdom with all its promises. Now think about that. It says, don't ever be afraid. That's something for us to kind of chew on there. Because I know sometimes that that props up in all of our, our minds. But it says, don't ever be afraid, dearest friends. So it's not like you are somebody far off, right? Because your dearest friends are the ones that are closest to you. The ones that you have relationship with. The ones that you are, are, are connected with somehow. He says, don't be afraid, dearest friends. So he's trying to say, hey, you know what? We're all part of this family. We're all friends. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're all part of this. He says, don't th- you're loving father joyously, he gets joy. He totally gets joy when he gives you the promises. When, you, when, when you, you take his word and say, hey, here's your promise. And then he gets joy in being able to give you that promise. Now, you know, when I think of stuff like that, I think, man, I, does, does God breakdance? I don't think he does. But, you know, he might just be like, oh, yeah. You know, whatever. Whatever you do when, you, when, when it's joy. Right? Because you get excited when it's joy. Like, oh my gosh, my team scored a touchdown. Right? And you get, yeah, we won. Yeah! See? I mean, God might be high-fiving angels. I don't really know when he's able to bless you with the promises that he has in his word. I don't know what he does, but see, that's what Jesus said. God gets joy when when he's able to bless you. So in his love... He gets great joy in fulfilling these promises, and and we and like I said before, you know, it, like if you had a wealthy father, I'm sure that wealthy father would want to be able to bless his kids and give the very best. You know, Jesus tells that I think parable when he said, you know, if 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 a son asks for a, a piece of bread, the dad's not going to give him a stone, right, or or something else, and then he's not going to give him a serpent, right. But, but a, a good father is going to give what his children desire, what his kids need, what his kids, you know, want. And so it's the same way with God. God is a good God. God is a good, good father. And so he wants to, because he's deeply in love with you to give you everything that, that you could possibly need. Now, you know, would I, would I enjoy a Ferrari? Heck yeah, but that's not what I need right? And so God's looking at it practically and saying, no, man. Well, a long time ago, no, you, you get a minivan. What? I don't want a minivan that like totally takes my dad status, my coolness status way down, right? Am I am I Right. But I had a minivan, right? And then it's like, move on to this or whatever. But, but still, he, here he is. He, he gets great joy. He has this passion he wants to give us because you know what? He's the wealthiest father of them all. And he has the ability to make sure that he does not leave us in lack, that he meets every need that we have. Even, even this in Psalm 67 in verses six and seven, it says, then the earth shall yield her increase God, our God, will, I mean, shall, or you could say will, bless us. And then he repeats it. God shall or will bless us. Now, why is he repeating that? Well, anytime the Bible emphasizes something by repeating it, we know this, it's important. It's something important for us to grasp. And so God's not only going to bless us because, you know, he loves us, but he also is going to bless us because he's given us his word. And his word is true. So here's another catch to this thing. Not only does the writer use Numbers chapter 6, but then what he also does is he pulls from the Abrahamic covenant that God made with Abraham as well. We're in, so let me, let me read this in, in the beginning again, Psalm 67, verse 1 and 2. It says, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah, remember, think about it, that your way may be known on the earth. Now, that word way in the Hebrew means a course of life, a mode of action, your mannerisms, or to make it uh, updated, it's just the way you roll. Right? It's the way you roll. That's who you are. I roll this way, you roll that way, yo, Pastor Scott, let's go, you know, type of thing. But it's just how, how, you, how you roll. So he's trying to get it to the point where, hey, this is how God rolls, okay? God has a way of doing things, and this is how he does it, right? So, it's so the people, listen, can see how he rolls, right, through you, by God flowing through you so that they could see God's heart and they could see who God really is. He's using you for people to see who God is and God's love for them. And it brings him great joy to lavish, right? Lavish his love upon us. See, sometimes we just got to be able to even accept it. But not only is he lavishing his love, he also has wellness, biblical, holistical wellness, that is on his mind concerning every single one of us. But it always comes back to, 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 to more than just knowing who God is. Just like that, that, that ability to say, oh yeah, God's there. I've heard him do this. I've heard him do that. His acts. Right? But it comes back to a, a relationship. All of this flows through relationship let me let me give you an example in psalms 103 okay 103 verse 7 says this he made known his ways to moses his acts to the children of israel Now, now now you notice the difference there let me read it again he made known his ways to moses his acts to the children of israel so why is there a difference why did the children of israel only get the acts well because they were very shallow in their relationship with who God was. There was no depth to it. There was no effort to it. And so all they could see or all they could hear about or all they, you know, whatever would happen and maybe sometimes even experience an act of what God did. And that's how it is in our life. When we're very shallow in our relationship with him, he wants depth, but see, then it flips totally. Whereas Moses pressed in. If you read about Moses, Moses would go to the tabernacle and he, you know, the, 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 the portable one that they would carry with him and he would go and he would worship to God and he would talk to God and God would download things to him and talk to him and he'd have this deep, deep relationship with him. And so then, right? Moses was then learning God's ways, God's heart, what God wanted, what God could do. But see, it's based on relationship. Wouldn't you say? And what God would do out of his love. Which then leads us to our second purpose of why God wants us to be well. And it's to to confirm his faithfulness to his covenant. To confirm his faithfulness to his covenant. Genesis, chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. We're going back to the Abraham thing here. And it says, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, and I will uh, make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Now, who's he going to be a blessing to, right? It's because he's leaving his land. He's leaving his relatives. He's leading, leaving, going. So what? You're going to bless me? You're going to do all these things? And it says, I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse you. And then it says, then all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, God promises to Abraham, man, I'm going to bless you so that you might be a blessing to all the people on the face of the earth. And and really in that context too, he says it five times. He says, I will. Five times. Well, why does he say it five times? Well, it's because he's taking on the the responsibility upon himself to fulfill the promise. He says, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. God is taking on the responsibility to make sure the promise comes to pass. He does that with us too. When we, when, when we take his word and we begin to take him at his word, he says, I will, I, I will because he's, ta- he's taken on the responsibility of it. So he takes on this responsibility to make sure that the covenant comes to pass for Abraham, for his offspring, right? His most prominent one was Jesus. But that's all, listen, this is all God's initiative, He's the one that's making it happen. He's the one that's saying, hey, I'll do it. This was not Abraham begging and pleading and saying, God, why don't you do something? No, he says, you know, hey, Abraham, come here, come here. I want to have a relationship with you. But here's the deal. If we have a relationship, this is all on in my initiative. And I'm going to do these things for you because I love you. Because I see great things in you. And it's the same thing he does for you and I. He sees great things in each and every one of you. And he says, you know what, if you would just surrender, you would just follow, you would stay connected, then these great things, he's, I will. Right? I will. This, this is what Galatians says. So Paul kind of kind of picked up on this, this this idea, and he writes in, in, in um, Galatians, and he kind of, you know, kind of traces it, or, or, or kind of uh, brings it to a point where, um, where you would look at it and say, okay, well, it's He's going from Christ, then he goes down to kind of Abraham. But this is what it says. It says, yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. Ah, man, right there. That's just powerful, right? For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is cursed. Then verse 14 says, Jesus Christ dissolved the the curse of, From our lives. He took it away. Right? When we made him Lord and Savior. But but listen. he says Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives. So that in him. In Jesus. All the blessings of Abraham. Can. Right? In, In Genesis 12 we just read. Can be poured out upon the Gentiles. Guess who the Gentiles is? That's us. Anybody who is not born a Jew. Falls into the Gentile category. So he's saying that, you know what? Because of what Christ did, now all of the covenant promises that he made with Abraham that we read is now yours. There's no change. God's not a respect of a person. Oh, Abraham was better than you, Pastor Scott. Abraham was better than you. So I'm only going to be with Abraham. no. God's whole idea, his whole plan, his whole whole laying out of everything was, you know what? I am going to bless Abraham, and in turn, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to bless you just as much. I'm going to bless you just the same way. That, to me, is awesome, right? So if we're born again, then God puts the obligation on himself. Oh, you know what? And I didn't even tell the, the last part of that scripture. I'm sorry. So it says, uh, I'm going to pour the blessings. All the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon the Gentiles. And now through faith, we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Okay. But see, here's the thing. God put all the obligation on himself to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. God also put it, put the, put the obligation on himself to fulfill what he scripted. To the priest to declare over the Israelites. It's all on him. As, our cho- as, as children, we just need to come to Him and be able to say, man, I, I, I'm just connected. I, 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 man, I want to experience the fullness, the wellness, the, all the stuff that you have for me. But see, we can't, we can't be those then who, who, who start to think, well, yeah, that, that's great and all. But, you know, I don't really know if this really works for me. I don't really know if God really is going to keep his word. He's going to keep his covenant or he's going to keep his, his, his things about being blessing me or prospering me, you know, or having me be fruitful or, 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 whatever it is. Right. But see, here's the deal. We have to believe God in such a way that, that he is integrous. We like people who are, who have integrity, don't we? Yeah, we do. Because when they say it, they're going to do it. And it's going to happen. But see, we have to look at God and be able to say, God, I believe you enough to say that you are integrous. You have integrity when it comes to your word. What you have to say. And man, that, that, I'm just going to tell you this. That takes a lot of uh, training of your mind. A lot of renewing of your mind. Because your mind wants to run rapid the other direction. And like, nah, nah, that doesn't happen. No, 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 no. Right? We have to train. We have to renew our mind to the point of where, no, man, I, I know for a matter of fact that God has enough integrity to keep his word and, and live my life from that. Right, This is what Isaiah 55, 11 says. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God talking. This is not Pastor Scott. This is God. He says, so shall my word that, uh, be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Right? Empty. Without fruit. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Who sent it? God sent it. Right? Did God send number six, the the, the blessing of, of of Aaron? Yes. He scripted it. Did God send the Abrahamic covenant? Yes. It's all about What he has to say, whatever we put into action from what God says, there's a promise here that says, you know what? It shall prosper. It shall move forward. Do we get the immediate results? Maybe not. But you know what? That doesn't, should not deter us from, from going off track. That should say, nope, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with what God's word has to say. You know, because sometimes, you know, you fight physical things. I fight physical things. And do I get healed right away because I'm a pastor? No. I go through things just like you go through things. But see, here's the deal. I am going to stick to what God's word has to say about the situation. Because I take that, that as being integrous to his word that, you know what? What he put in this word is truth. What he's told me through the word. It is truth. So therefore, even though I haven't seen truth come about yet, I believe it's coming because God is integrous to his word, to what he has promised. And then let me get to the third point, third purpose, why God wants us well is to advance kingdom work. To advance kingdom work. Your wellness shows the world how good God is how faithful God is, how he blesses his kids, right? And, and gives favor to his people. He wants that to happen in your life because there's something about that. There's something about when other people see, man, what what, what is up? What's going on? What, what? Well, I've got this relationship and God keeps just, intervening and being a part of it and putting all these pieces together. And sometimes I don't know how he's doing it. And sometimes it doesn't fall right into my lap, but he still puts it together somehow eventually. And this is, this is why see, because people, people are looking, but he, he wants us, right? He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have wellness in our life, have it together Right, even if it's falling apart, still have it together. That's possible with Christ, right? To the point where then it gives you opportunity to share the gospel with them, for them to be able to experience Him. Because you know what, um, I I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but I think sometimes too, you know, it's a lot easier or a lot harder, maybe, to 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 be an effective witness for God. When, I, when I'm not healthy or sound. When I'm not walking in God's wellness. But it's a lot easier when I am. Because. When I'm not walking in wellness. When I'm not experiencing what God's doing in my life. Then. Then that sometimes distracts people or. Or. or like, why would I want to do that? Why, why would I want to kind of live by this standard? When, man, you're, you're, you're really no different than me. But see, when, when we have this wellness thing going, when we are, are, are being well, spirit, soul, and body, then you know what? Like, again, people get attracted to that. Why? What? What, tell me okay well let let me let me tell you and so i i believe that when we're walking in wellness and i and i i believe this this is this is just true that because god wants to advance his kingdom work through you he wants to do that and really our our whole our whole goal is to point people back to him right point people back to him, Psalms chapter six, I'm, 60, I'm sorry, 67 verse two and four says that your way may be known on the earth. So we're kind of picking apart the thing. It says that, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. And then here, here's kind of our three points. It says, let people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Well, why are, the, are they singing for joy? Because people are praising God, right? It says, for they shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations here on the earth. And then there's our favorite word, Selah. So he said, hey, pause on that for a moment, reflect on it. So what would it actually be like, you know, if God actually ruled over all right now, right? He owns it, but he's not ruling over it. There's an enemy that's ruling over it. But, but here's the cool part. Isaiah kind of gives us a sneak peek. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 through 7. It says this. A child has been born for us. A son has been given to us. That's Jesus. The responsibility of complete dominion will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be. Right? So this is what people will call him when he rules. Okay? Now you have people who allowing him to rule their life right now. And they will call him these names. But. Overall, eventually, when it all comes down to to him ruling on this earth, this is what people are going to call him. The wonderful one. The extraordinary strategist. The mighty God. The father of eternity. The prince of peace. It says great and vast is his domain. Okay? So his government authority will expand and expand and grow and grow and grow. He will bring immeasurable, immeasurable peace and prosperity. Okay? Remember, that, that word peace is the word shalom, which means wholeness in every area of your life. There is peace operating in your health. There is peace operating in your finances. There is peace operating in your relationships. There is peace operating in your thought processes. There is peace in every single area of your life. That's what he wants to give you. But see, that's what we've got to be able to draw from. We've got to be able to say, okay, then man, if that's what you want, then I'm going to need to do my part. I'm going to need to stay connected and surrender and allow that to, to happen. And then, if you took a look at the New King James Version, it says there will be no end; it won't end. Once Jesus takes final rule, there will be no end. Man, you will walk in complete and total, immeasurable peace and prosperity. There will be no end to it. So, when God rules the world, wellness begins to flow; has no end. And the Bible said it's exactly the way God intended it. It will run exactly the way God intended it to be because it was his idea from the very beginning. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of wrap it up um, here pretty quickly. So during that time, until that happens, then we kind of have a job to do. We have a kind of a job description as believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says this. It says, we are ambassadors of the anointed one. That's Christ. Who carry the message of Christ to the world, right? We carry the message of who Jesus is to a dry, to a broken world. That's kind of our job description. And then it says this. As though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips, right? We're advancing kingdom work. He wants to bless you with wholeness so you can advance the kingdom work. And then it says, so we tenderly plead i love that it's not man, i'm shoving jesus down your throat it's not that it's hey you know what i'm gonna walk in love with you yeah maybe you're not there okay but you know what? let's walk in love let me at least be able to help explain it and and walk through it and, and show you right but see again if i'm if i'm well man it works so much better because then you can say, well, man, if it's working for you, you mean it'll work for me? Yeah, that's who Jesus is, right? So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. So in order to do that, man, we have to flow in in health and prosperity that is already available to us. He's already given it to us. And that's by just being connected with him. So we're God's instruments, right? We're supposed to be set apart for his good work. And we're supposed to speak out our faith. We're supposed to speak. it now you may never get on a stage. You'll maybe never be a pastor, but you know what? You sure can speak by giving praise and by sharing your testimony, by sharing your story with someone right? That's giving praise to God when you share your story, right? It's telling others, man, the night and day difference of what he's done in your life. Let me tell you, man, I was going down this road. It was bad. It was terrible. I had, I was rejected. I I just, whatever. And you know what? Jesus came along into my life and man, now I'm accepted he totally rearranged my life. He has totally put it in a position to where, you know what, I'm walking with him and having relationships. And he's stepping up and stepping in and doing things in my life that, man, that's giving praise. When we are able to share just our own story with, with other people. And all on all, all that is just because God wants other people to have the opportunity to experience him as well. They experience Jesus as well. They experience is wellness that comes. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you have heard testimonies or whatever of people just saying, man, once I gave my life to Christ, man, everything changed. Everything was different. Well, that's because now he has an ability to jump in and begin to bring wellness to them and wholeness to them. So let me give you this last part of the of the scripture and we'll finish here. Uh, Verses 5 and 7 in Psalm 67 says, Let the people praise you, O Lord. Let the people praise you. Again, it's a repeating thing. So he's emphasizing the purpose of wellness, right? That God loves us. He keeps his word. And that should cause our praise as believers to rise, right? It should cause us, it should rise. Then in verse 6, it says, Then, right? Because of this praise, because of you doing your part, because of you sharing. Right, Your testimony in the earth, it shall fill the earth. And it says the earth shall yield her increase. So going along with our, our message, then you know what? Wellness will begin to flow because of these purposes. God, our God, God, our own God, shall bless us, right? He shows he loves us. God shall bless us, right? He'll confirm his word. He'll be faithful to his covenant. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him, right? Kingdom advancement. Are we doing stuff for the kingdom? So let's take a moment at the end of this message and kind of have a Selah moment, right? If you would with me. And um, kind of push aside, you know, maybe our, our, our thoughts or our needs or things like that. But begin to think, man, when was the last time that we really thanked God? For all that He's done for us, when was the last time that we, we had a sea law moment and sat and said, "God, You're so good. You've been so good to me. You've taken care of me in situations that, man, I had no idea how." Right? When was the last time that we just recognized His love for us or His His faithfulness to to to, a, to maybe a prayer that You had and He came through? there are lots of things that I can think of that we could sit and just even have our own little praise dance <laughs> of the goodness of God the faithfulness of God who loves us who loves us who keeps his covenant keeps his word if we'll use it and then he would just wants to use you but have we ever been in that position where we're just like, yeah, you know what? Lord, I'm so grateful and so thankful for all that you're doing and all that you're having to do. And if there's areas in your life where you feel like, man, man, wellness isn't quite connected in that area, then I just encourage you. Get in your Bible. Take God's Word and begin to, to, to jump in a little bit deeper to find out, okay, so what is God saying about this area of my life? Know the purpose. And say, okay, this is what God says. I'm going to believe that he loves me. He wants the very best for me. I'm going to believe that he keeps his word. And then begin to apply that word into your life. But see, it's going to take Selah moments. Moments where we sit and we reflect on his word, reflect on how, how God is and who God is and how, God, how wonderful God's been. So I'm gonna give you just a couple seconds right now just to think and say something to the Lord, whatever that is, whatever comes to your mind. But then I'm gonna also ask that this week, one time a day, you take a Selah moment and just thank him for his love. Thank him for all that he's done. Just see what he does in your life. So I'm going to give you one minute. Ready, set, go. Heavenly Father, I I thank you for speaking to us today, revealing your heart today and your purpose for wellness. Lord, it's just not so that we can live long lives, which is part of what you've promised, but it's, Lord, that we can do more with it for the kingdom, that we can do more for it to touch people's lives. So I thank you that you're helping each one of us grow in our wellness and that you are are, um, so faithful to keep that process going. Lord, I pray that as each one of us take this homework assignment home with us, to have these Selah moments to reflect on how good you've been or whatever it is, I thank you that you, Holy Spirit, make it special you will reveal the heart of the father to each of us and so we're just gonna leave it there we're gonna thank you for being involved in it and we bless you and we praise you thanks again for listening to hear more messages like this one make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.